Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Poker and Politics here. Um, today, well, boy, we had some news today, didn't we? So, uh, Camila Harris was picked by Joe Biden to be his uh, candidate for vice president of these United States of America. Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, decisively won her runoff election in Georgia's 14th district. And uh, Donald Trump is a wreck, as it were. I mean, that's basically all you can describe the man as. It's it's a day. Uh, we had the uh, the banning speed of Twitter has increased incredibly, and all these dirtbag ban evading accounts that have been popping up day after day after day are getting smacked down now very quickly, very effectively. Uh, it is impressive to see the tide of battle turning against. QAnon, and that Twitter is actually policing their platform in a way that is awesome. It's effective. Um, hopefully it continues. Hopefully they remain vigilant. And hopefully they just ban these people so often and so frequently and so quickly that they just give up. That They acknowledge that they're no longer allowed on the platform. And the only way they can get on the platform is to make accounts that have nothing to do with their previous identities. And they can no longer trade off of being Joe M, or being Incarnated uh, E.T., or being whoever it was they were before that account was permanently banned and they were removed. It's hopeful. There's a chance that we might be able to clean up this website a little bit. I mean, it sucks on the one hand that there's a bunch of people who are QAnon promoters that have not been touched yet, like Julian Thrum, Martin Geddes, Jordan Sather. Sather is in, in, terrible. I mean, he's ridiculous. Uh, the bleach promoting, the anti-vax, all that stuff. There's no reason why Sather should be on Twitter. It is a joke that he is still on the site. 
He has violated terms of service innumerate times. But even with them being on the site still, just getting rid of the ban evaders and keeping the ban evaders off deals a blow to QAnon that is real. It is substantial. Should more be done? Absolutely. But I'm not going to look this gift horse in the mouth. I'm not going to get upset about the lack of further progress uh, against QAnon. So all of that is great. Um, In good news for me, I've made it over $100 on Patreon. I appreciate this so very much from all of you. Uh, It's something uh, that really helps because I'm working a scary job right now, and it is uh, not cool. It is not great. I'll put it that way. Uh, I've, I've been coughing a little today, and it's just it just gets into the back of your head. Oh, shit. This is the Rona. This is the scary shit. But uh, I don't have any other symptoms, so I understand that it is almost assuredly paranoia. So I'm going to just keep... Uh, keep on keeping keep on as it were and uh, for everyone who has uh, donated five dollars or more I'm going to uh, try to give you all something tomorrow if not then by the end of the by the end of the week I'll be working like crazy from Thursday onward but I am gonna do something for you guys uh, much like Joe M is a failed novelist uh, I do enjoy some creative writing so I'm gonna give you guys uh, some writing and I hope you enjoy it. And uh, I, it's a sandbox that's been, that I've been playing around with in my head for a long, long time. So the story will uh, not stop. And it will, we're going to explore this magical world together. And I don't want to tell you... Uh, the, the overall title of the place is simply Hell World, in which I know is really shocking. I will not get into uh, part one's name because it has nothing to do with this chapter and would probably confuse you. And also, it's way too in character for me. So, I'll just leave you in suspense, as it were. So, uh, all of that being said, I'm going to go to Marjorie Taylor Greene as the first thing I really wanted to talk about. Because I see it everywhere that she's already won. She's already won this House seat. She's going to roll Kevin Van Osdall in the uh, general election. And she will be a congresswoman who believes in QAnon. And while I do think that is likely to happen, I also think it is very likely that she could receive a lot of heat and a lot of attention for what she believes in. That she... Being a QAnon supporter makes this a winnable campaign for the Democrats. Not likely, not not incredibly likely, but I, I will definitely say that. And I've talked to Kevin about this, and not that he's going to listen to my podcast or anything, but I've talked to Kevin about this, and we've both basically uh, agreed that if she lost this runoff, he would have no chance of beating uh, her opponent in, in the uh, runoff. He would he would lose the general to that guy, almost guaranteed. Because that guy is just a boring, rock-ribbed, I love Trump, I love guns, I don't like socialism dude. And in a blood-red district like Georgia's 14th, you win on that. You just run that, you win. The guy wouldn't even have to show up for anything. He would just collect his 
House seat on November 3rd and gets sworn in in January. But Marjorie Taylor Greene opens the door because being a fervent QAnon supporter makes her vulnerable to national press, to uh, people actually finding out what she believes in, and the fact that QAnon is not mainstream, it is fringe, it is crazy, it is scary. And I think that it's very possible that this could become a sort of a nationalized race, and it's it's something that could tip. I view this a lot like Roy Moore against Doug Jones, where there was no way the Democrat was going to win a Senate seat in Alabama, and lo and behold, Doug Jones did because Roy Moore was destroyed credibility-wise due to credible charges of pedophilia, the fact that he was hitting on all these underage teenage girls constantly and was kind of a monster. And the good people of Alabama barely, barely, barely put Doug Jones over the finish line. But uh, when you have an election, if you win by one vote or you win by 10 million votes, it doesn't matter, you win. So I think it's very possible that Marjorie Taylor Greene could become toxic. She could become so unacceptable to the electorate that she could lose. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take a great campaign. But I think it can be done. And I am going to contribute whatever I can to help this campaign out. I'm going to pitch all my ideas. I'm going to uh, just give Kevin and the people running his campaign every bit of information about QAnon and about Marjorie that I can to just try to make this competitive, try to make this a fight, try to make this something more than just a coronation for a QAnon person to enter into the halls of power in United States government. And I hope I can do something. I hope I can put in a little bit of work and try to try to get this man some votes because when I've talked to Kevin on Facebook, really, the man is so earnest and he's just one of these people that it just he just feels like a person who's too good to be in politics. And I'm not saying this in some sort of like bullshit, oh, poker's trying to give us the soft sell on this guy because he's up against QAnon. I really mean this. This guy, we talk, and he just says, he's like, man, you know, Marjorie just wants to win this seat so she can be on Fox News, and she can just promote whatever her brand is, and just talk about how much she hates socialism. She isn't actually going to do any work for the people of Georgia's 14th District. And I, I agree with him. I believe that wholeheartedly, that she... Now, first of all, the Republicans are going to be the minority in the House. They're not winning the House back. There's no way that will ever happen. They may lose seats in actuality and expand the Democratic majority in the House. But beyond that, so so she won't have any ability to do anything because the Republican Party is intransient and they have no desire to actually work with the Democrats. And the Democrats don't need them to pass anything, so they're not going to go knocking on Marjorie's door for any votes. 
So you're basically going to have a, in Marjorie, you're going to have an opposition party uh, talking head who's just going to rail against socialism and Nancy Pelosi's evil liberal agenda and all that stuff. And we already have Louis Gohmert and Jim Jordan and, and Martin Gates and all these other people in the House that already do all that stuff. Only they don't believe in QAnon, which gives them a slight leg up on Marjorie. And it's just that kind of thing. It's just um, the fact that you have this woman who will do nothing for the people of Georgia's 14th District. Whereas Kevin, I honestly believe he would work to better their situation. He would work on behalf of his constituents. And, I mean, it just it just kind of sucks that even without the QAnon for Marjorie, she is just obviously someone who looked at this seat, carpet-bagged this seat. She actually lives in Georgia's 7th District, as I found out. That was, that was one of the charges her opponent in the runoff actually made. But he wouldn't go after her on QAnon, which is incredibly cowardly and spineless, in my view. And the, the whole Republican Party's attitude towards QAnon is just disqualifying. It's, it's abhorrent. Uh, the fact that the President of the United States panders to these people is horrible. But um, she's a carpetbagger who was basically told to run in the 14th District because it'll be an easy win for her. So that's what she did. And now it looks like the prophecy is about to come true unless she gets hit with enough press and we get enough attention on this uh, race that something can happen. And let's hope for the best. Let's hope that that can be done. Let's hope that we can find a way to open the eyes of the people in this district to who Marjorie Taylor Greene is and what she believes in and go from there. I would love for the press to ask her what her view on COVID is because as conspiratorially minded as she is, you could get anything for an answer. She might talk about 5G. She might talk about the virus being a hoax. Who knows? All possibilities are open. I mean, it's very likely that she's going to be very kind of like buttoned up about this kind of thing because she's going to try to just turtle up and run the clock out if she's smart. But who knows? We'll find out. We will find out. So uh, that is the outlook on the Marjorie Taylor Greene saga. And just getting ready for that general election and... Hoping for the best for uh, Kevin Van Ostal, who is, again, a good dude. Just a good dude. In other news, uh, Camila Harris has been named the vice presidential candidate of Joe Biden's. QAnon has reacted with their standard psychotic vitriol, uh, conspiracy theories, um, hatred, uh, she's not actually black all that good stuff. It's who they are and what they do. Uh, I saw one awesome tweet about how Biden will get pulled so that Michelle Obama can step on and they can have two black women for the ticket and blah, 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 because they do enjoy their casual racism, or in this case, not even casual racism, just overt racism. And... I'm fine with what the I'm fine with the pick of Harris and if anyone's upset about this, if anyone's upset about Biden, if anyone wants to be offended and 
discontented by the Democratic Party in this situation, by all means, please start the AOC 2024 uh, campaign on November 4th. Primary the shit out of them. Do whatever you gotta do. Push the party to the left. Fight the good fight. But right now, we need the fucking votes to get this prick out of office. And there is no amount of purity, no amount of virtue signaling, no amount of telling me that Biden just won't do it for you that justifies or gives excuse to leaving Donald Trump in power for four more years. Trump is an existential threat to the republic. He is dangerous. The fact that he's on the record saying, eh, I might not respect the outcome of this election if I don't like it, and that he's talked about being president for 12 or 16 or 20 more years or just never stepping down and being dictator for life, all of it. Everything about this man is dangerous. The fact that he's a fucking moron is dangerous. The fact that his brain is melted and he doesn't even really know what's going on in this world is dangerous. He is a scary dude and we have to remove him from power. And this is the situation we are in right now. Joe Biden is the nominee. We had a vote and everything. He won. Was he your first option? Probably not. He was, that certainly wasn't my first option. He was very low on my list. I'm not going to lie about that, but I don't fucking care. I said this uh, before the uh, primary season began, and I will repeat it until November 4th that whoever won the Democratic nomination would, in that moment, become a being of pure light and brilliance. They would be the greatest human being that ever existed on God's green earth. They would make Abraham Lincoln and every other great president America's ever had look like a piece of shit by comparison. Fuck those people. The Democratic nominee is the greatest thing that has ever happened in the history of hum humanity. And I will believe that until November 4th because that's the stakes of the situation. That's the crisis we're in. That's what we're dealing with when it comes to this literal death cult that is the Republican Party. The entire Republican Party is psychotic. They are deranged. They just will not break with Donald Trump under any circumstances, and Trump is a sociopath. He is completely and totally and utterly unhinged. He only does what he wants for himself, and he doesn't have any compunction for anyone else. He is a horribly twisted narcissist who has all kinds of mental problems and, uh, has really no idea what's going on. He was talking about Camille Harris today, and he started ranting about windmills. We're back to the windmills. He's not all there. All this talk about Biden suffering from dementia is projection. Oh, my God. The Republican National Convention, the speech that Trump is going to give. I don't know if they're going to have a socially distanced crowd for him, but holy shit. That speech is going to be so bad. The best possible outcome is that he just reads the teleprompter, dully slurs like a half dozen words or so, and then just drifts off stage. That's the best possible outcome. The worst possible outcome for the Republicans is they get like an hour and 20 minutes of just stream of consciousness weirdness out of Trump. And he just, he just goes completely off the rails. 
and really lets America know that they can't leave him in power anymore. So, and then that's not even counting the debates. I mean, it's so awesome that they're, like, hyping up Trump is just going to crush Biden, and Biden just has no possible way of handling Trump on that debate stage. It's great. Just keep selling, keep selling Biden low and keep selling Trump high, you suckers. We'll see how well that works out for you in the end. So, I, I understand anyone who is progressive, who's liberal, who doesn't think that Har- that Harris does it for them, that she's not left wing enough, etc., etc. I really don't think any liberal options were that great for. Biden. I mean, the the big liberal hope was Elizabeth Warren, and I think that she would have been an absolutely terrible pick for vice president because, uh, on the one hand, it opens the door to the dumb and ineffective attack that Trump has been labeling against, leveling against Biden, that he is a Trojan horse to sneak the radical left agenda in to the White House. That. A vote for Biden is actually a vote for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. That a vote for Biden is a vote for Bernie Sanders. That they wanted this idea that he is this hard-left lunatic and that if you let him into the the White House, you are uh, ruining the American Republic and instituting the People's Republic of America for a benevolent comrade uh, Biden, as it were who will be but a puppet of the hard left. And if you make Warren the vice president, then you're going to have Hannity and all the rest of these people saying, oh, you know, the moment he gets sworn in, she's just going to 25th Amendment him, and then then it'll be President Warren and uh, kiss your uh, capitalism goodbye, suckers. So, um, and the other problem with Warren is that she's already pretty old, as it is, and I know people are talking about Biden only serving one term, but I think that's um, jumping the gun a bit. I think that's a little uh, premature to believe that. We don't know what things are going to look like in 2024, so I think it's entirely possible, if not likely, that Biden will run for a second term, and thus you'd have Liz Warren being very, very old in 2028 running for president. And that is where the problem is because, I mean, people were not happy when they had the vote between Hillary and Trump and they were both old. And people aren't happy about Biden and Trump because they're both old. So I don't think you're going to be able to get the Democratic Party to buy in on another really old person Again, is it ageism? Sure, it absolutely is. But this is the voting public. This is the problem we're dealing with. This is why Obama was a historic figure. This is why Camilla Harris is now a historic figure. It's why Hillary Clinton was a historic figure. Because people are breaking these barriers. We're having major party candidates that are not white. We're having major party candidates that are women. And Geraldine Ferraro and Sarah Palin get to get on that list as well. Yes, obviously. But this is the changing paradigm. This is what's happening. And even with all of that, people just don't like the really old folks being their options. And 
we hit this wave after uh, Pappy Bush, and who wasn't even really that old when he was when he was president. But after him, you had Bill Clinton, who was in his forties, and then you had W, who was in his fifties, I believe, and then you had Obama, who was in his was in his forties when he won and got into age fifty as he served in office. So you had all these presidents who were in that. 40s to 50s range that was kind of like the sweet spot for where Americans like their presidents to be. And so I don't think there's a lot of uh, people looking forward to voting for uh, people in their mid to late 70s to be president. I don't think there's a massive market out there for people who are like, man, you know what I want in my president? Someone who's really fucking old. And that's and and that's the thing is that you can't plan on these things out in the future. So you could absolutely have Elizabeth Warren spend eight years as vice president and then be really old, and she now has her turn to run for president, and then some young dynamic up and comer comes flying in and wins the nomination again. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez could absolutely be that person. And I'm now going to say this, and I understand that what I'm about to say is terrible, but I believe this to be true. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson wants to run for president in 2028, who's going to stop him? How are you going to stop President Rock from happening? I mean... Like, just think, if that guy decided to, in 2022, run for governor of Florida because DeSantis has just shit himself, Rock would win that. No problem. And no one really knows what his politics are, and people have said he may be conservative, but I, I get the feeling that he would just run kind of a milquetoast Democrat platform and just be really charismatic because that's what The Rock is. And then you'd have to deal with that, and it would be really tough because... The Rock has charisma and spades, and he's very popular, and he's very well-spoken, and he looks really good. So, President Rock, very possible. President LeBron James, absolutely possible. Uh, especially because he's going to lock up Florida. That that's not, that's not that's not even a question. And he's going to put Ohio in the play for the Democrats as well. So, uh, you, you win Ohio and Florida, and you're a Democrat, you're president. <laughs> that's just the way that is. And uh, no one's beaten no one's beaten LeBron in Ohio. I mean, let's not kid ourselves there. He brought those people a title. They don't. They they didn't want anything in fucking forever. 
before he <laughs> carried the Cavs back from a 3-1 deficit in the NBA Finals. And he's definitely outspoken and he's definitely political. So that second act is possible in his career. Absolutely. And that's the thing is that Trump opened this door to uh, the celebritocracy where we could just have celebrities run for president and now you're going to have to take them legitimately and now you're going to have to be like, holy shit, this person could actually be our president. So (sighs) all of that kind of stuff could happen and I think that's why... The idea of a very old uh, person replacing a very old person as president is not that inspiring or interesting. Camille Harris is definitely far younger, and she could definitely run for president in four to eight years, and it would not be um, her age would not be disqualifying, and it would not be a issue for the majority of, of voters. So. I'm in favor of the pick. I'm in favor of the hard centrism that Biden's going for. Just the whole thing where uh, he is like literally, him and Camila Harris both are like Schrodinger's candidates where like the hard left is talking about them being cops and about them being corporatist scum. And then you have um, the right talking about how they are literally um, Marxist communists who want to uh, just, like, destroy our world. So, I mean, it's just really... it's. Re- I just think that, like, these attacks these people are using are not like, very coherent, and they're not... Uh, because they're so absolutely uh, opposite to each other that it makes it um, hard for them to stick. It makes them hard for them to preach a narrative. Because the narrative against Hillary was easy. She's corrupt. And everyone believed in her corruption. That she was nefarious. She was doing things that were not uh, ethical. That she was using her power and influence to avoid uh, actually uh, facing uh, criminal prosecution for the things that she was doing. That everyday Joes like you and me would absolutely go to jail for there was able there people were able to construct a narrative and and live the narrative and repeat the narrative enough that like Joe Sixpack and Judy Punch Clock was just like well I've been hearing about it for 20 years that Hillary's corrupt so I mean got to be some corruption going on there they wouldn't just lie about it for 20 years would they whereas you're going to hear about uh Biden wanting to defund the police on one hand and then he wants to institute a police state in the other so I just don't think it's as effective an an attack. So, uh, viva la centrism. And uh, let's, again, let's just win this fucking election. And then if you want to get rid of him on November 4th, if you want to start your your campaign office for the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez 2024 run, then please do. I'll I'll chip in 20 bucks. I'm here to help. So, uh... That is that, really. I mean, just uh, enjoying the bands of all the Twitter scum. Hopefully it continues. Hopefully it gets stronger. Hopefully we get more of the people who are not just band evaders out, and all that improves. But it's just good news. It's just good news, and I'm happy about it. So it's time for uh, questions. The Grand Inquisitor, A.I.S. Millard, says... 
If we continue rapidly squashing band invaders as they pop up, what do you think the band grifters will start doing instead? Do you think, or what do you think will happen with Trump trying to ban TikTok, and how will this affect Q and the conspiracies seen there? Um, off topic, what is your favorite evader account name? I liked when Joe M was Todd Bergen. I hope your return to work has been safe and going well. Uh, it's been going as well as well as it could. Um, we are taking COVID seriously. Most of the customers are taking COVID seriously. But it's just uh, when you're in a building full of people, it's dangerous. So uh, it's just one of those situations that would be better off if it wasn't the situation as it were. So uh, when the vaccine arrives, sign me up. I will, oh, I will videotape that needle going to my arm, like you read about. Oh, man. Put the Bill Gates tracking software into my veins. I want it so badly. But, um, I've, I enjoyed Mr. Botus because E.T. always had the most boring just rehashes of his old dumb names. So when he went through the Mr. Botus thing, that was interesting at the very least. And I got a chuckle out of it. So, um... Todd Bergen was weird because that's a JFK Jr. reference and Joe's always been an adamant, like, just total Q bootlicker about all things. And he was one of the people who was like, hey, Q says that JFK Jr.'s dead, so shut the fuck up, everybody, and accept it. I mean, so it's really weird that he busted out the, hey, JFK Jr. stuff. Isn't this cool, guys? Hey, guys. It's just, it's just strange. Joe's a nut. Um... If the bands continue at the speed that they're going, I feel like what will actually happen is these people will kind of retreat to Parlor or Gab or other forums, and then they will coordinate invasions where they all log on to Twitter for and start like spamming something, like some kind of video. Like imagine if Joe did another COVID-9-11 or there was another like kind of viral video or like if the Outer Shadows sequel got like made or whatever. But if they had a bit of media or they had some talking point they really wanted to get across, I could see Joe, E.T., Wyatt, all these other dirtbags who've been just dilly, all these folks who've been banned um, coordinating and then they all basically uh, w jump to Twitter, and then they all start firing out the video, firing out the content, and then they start doing their whole goodbye cruel world bullshit because they know what's coming, and then they're all offline within three hours, and then they plan the next invasion later down the line. But I, I don't think they'll just make accounts willy-nilly to uh, just write some tweets because it's going to take them more effort than they really want to invest to just get on Twitter and then just be like, I fucking hate Joe Biden because burgle's burgle. I mean, that just won't do it for them. It just won't be, won't be worth of their time. So that's what I think will happen. I think they'll be more strategic about when they choose to uh, attack the platform with their crap. Um... Zelda Bazaar says, uh, my question is about is about how likely violent uh, reaction to a Trump loss will be. 
The number of queues on Twitter seems to be considerable, but how many people are actually going to get go, ready to actually go out there and get ready to go to war? I think it'll be low level violence. I think uh, I've I've said that like probably like three or four people will like shoot up something and get arrested. I hope they don't kill a lot of people, but I just think that like they're not going to be capable of pulling off something like Oklahoma City or any damage of that level. But there's plenty of them, and they have access to guns, so they're absolutely going to start shooting people. And it sucks. It really sucks that we're going to have to deal with this kind of thing. And that, like so much of our of our media and the Republican Party and everyone else has just enabled this so much that it's going to get to this point. We're going to have a bloody aftermath of QAnon, and it's inevitable. And it's, it's depressing. Uh, and then Troy uh, Francis says, uh, Can you comment on the uprisings in Belarus? In regard to your comments about the outcome if Trump refuses to accept electoral defeat, could this be a shape of things to come? Seems there's global dissatisfaction with authoritarianism. Um, well, the thing, yeah, the thing about Belarus was it was very obviously a rigged election, and the populace was like, fuck you, you piece of shit. So I really think that no one's seen what Americans are like when their democracy is actually challenged. And I think that will be a very uh, informative moment when the Republicans poke the bear if they decide to go down that road. If Trump makes that move and the Republicans back his play, they're not going to like the outcome of that. And Which is why I don't think they'll back his play. I just don't think they have the desire to do this and to see what is happening in Belarus and to see these mass protests and to see people like being really angry and offended and... Not that Belarus is uh, any is like small or inferior or weak or anything, but there's so much money in America, and there's so much money in the American market that the rich and powerful do not want America to be offline due to a general strike or mass protests or people just refusing to buy shit because they're pissed. I mean... A dictatorship in Belarus doesn't have to worry about being the economic linchpin of the world, as it were, the way America does. So I just don't think that trying authoritarian bullshit will work. And the other thing is, is that this is who Americans are. We are a democracy. We've been a democracy since our founding. We're a republic. We're not a democracy. Get fucked. Get fucked with that stupid talking point. It's so fucking myopic. It's so pedantic. Democratically elected officials. We have votes. And that's the thing, is that that is who we are. It's what we do. Even QAnon themselves, they just talk about the Trump 50-state landslide because that's what they believe in. They believe in democracy and they believe in the vote. When the vote goes the other way, they're going to believe that it was rigged and it was fraudulent and blah, blah, blah. But they believe in democracy. Everyone in America, for the most part, believes in democracy and the concept of democracy. And I really think if it's challenged, you're going to be uh, reaping a whirlwind you don't want to get involved in. It's uh, going to lead to a lot of bad shit. A highly sought-after job. Uh asked me a very uh, interesting question, which is is there any actual source to these cue balls having pulled this wrinkled flag equal treason shit from? Uh, 
As far as I know, someone pulled it out of their ass in an unusual fashion. They just spread it around as fact. And, of course, it's being backed up in the threads by the I was totally an XYZ military thing. That's totally true, people. Which, as someone who's performed a good number of actual military funerals, it is not a thing. Uh, <laughs> wrinkled flag code is not a thing. It's bullshit. Uh, the first time I ever heard of Wrinkled Flag Code was Fall of the Cabal. And the moment you hear anything from the Fall of the Cabal lady, and you didn't hear it from another source before her, you need to slam the brakes on as hard as fucking possible. Because she's a pathological liar. I mean, she is absolutely totally incapable of telling the truth. She is a terrible, terrible person who exists only to aggressively lie and deceive people. She's awful. Fall of the Cabal is awful. It's uh, nearly three hours of propaganda and bullshit. And everything in it is a lie. It's really amazing how she never gets anywhere close to the truth about basically anything. She's pathological, and she knows it, too. She's pushing an agenda so hard, and it's terrifying. But uh, Wrinkled Flag Code is ridiculous. It's so stupid. Um, they did it to try to smear John McCain because he was laying in state. And this is the thing about Wrinkled Flag Code, is it would only be good if it wasn't in code. Like, the thing about this is is that Joe Sixpack and Judy Punch Clock, they see McCain's uh, flag-draped coffin laying in state, and they're just like, oh my god, John McCain was a hero, it's so sad that he died, oh, poor John McCain, he was the best of us. They're not getting the message. Uh, Q-Team or whoever is not letting America know, hey, guys, his flag on his coffin's kind of wrinkly, so he's a traitor and you should all fucking hate him. Like, this is way too inside baseball bullshit. No one knows about wrinkled flag code, so it's not a useful code. The whole point of code is that other people can decode the code and, and, and get the information. Um, who is supposed to know about the wrinkled flag code, and who heard about it before Fall of the Cabal? Um, I mean, it's just, it's just so fucking dumb. If she didn't report uh, wrinkled flag code, no one would know. The secret would never get out. The guys that wrinkled that flag on purpose would be like, God damn it, we wanted everyone to know that McCain was a traitor, but we didn't wrinkle the flag enough or something. I don't know. <laughs> and I, why, why do they have to be so subtle about this? Why doesn't Trump just come out with a mountain of evidence that shows that John McCain is a fucking traitor? Why do they got to wrinkle his fucking flag to try to get the point across? It's so dumb. It's so powerfully dumb. Everything about this shit. They always have this like need for um, just uh, subtlety and bullshit. And there's no need for subtlety. Just He's the president. Just crush them. Just crush them. Uh, so, I mean, it's really, really absurd. But that's the way QAnon lives. I mean, it's just ridiculous. 
And so that will end ye old podcast this evening. I will be back on Thursday night. Hopefully not that tired and punchy from a day of gainful employment. And uh, we'll be uh, tracking the bans and the, uh, the great war between Twitter and QAnon. And we'll see how it all shakes out. I hope it continues down the path it's going, because it's pretty optimistic and cheerful looking, as it were. And so, that's what's happening. And uh, I'll catch you all then. Be safe and have a good one, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.